everyone's told me that this is a church who likes to talk in community. So they said, when you're bringing them back to their seats, good luck. Uh, but I love it. Thank you for, uh, uh, thank you. Um, I love, I love the community. Uh, I love the community feel that we have felt uh, our, our few times that we have been here. Um, I'm excited to be back again. I spoke about two weeks ago, um, and, and we're back in opportunity to kind of share my heart. Um, I, I kind of feel like I'm campaigning a little bit, so I made some pins that say vote for Adam. Uh, 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 no, not at all. But uh, it's, it's really our, our pleasure to be here with you and, and to share. Today's message is going to be a little different because it's not so much like a typical message I'd speak. It's more of this is, this is who I am as a pastor. This is a direction that, that if elected, if this is something that God opens, and we'd be excited if it was, a direction, some things we are in, some of the important things we see. Um, and this is something that, that I believe God has been laying on my heart all summer long before I even knew this door would open. And God has been speaking to me about uh, this being a heartbeat. Nothing that, that I'm going to share today is going to be like, let's write a book because this is brand new stuff. Adam is cutting edge. It's more of, this is what the Bible says, let's do it. These are the major things that are, that are going to change people's hearts because that's what we're about, right? Pointing people to Jesus. That's what it's all about. I, I want to share that with you in just a moment, but in case we haven't met, I'm trying to remember names, but as we're in the lobby saying hi to people, I'm like, I know we met, but uh, I'm just trying to learn 100 names here, and ah, good luck. Um, we'll do our best, but uh, if I haven't met you yet, uh, I hope to before this day is out. I want to introduce my family to you. Um, they are with me if you've not met them. I think they're pretty good people. Um, so you might want to hang out with them. My, my wife, Erica, uh, we've been married for 23 years, just about. Um, um, she is an intervention teacher at, uh, at Eagle Creek Elementary, um, and she uh, does amazing with that. And she is an amazing worship leader, gifted musician, and I think she's the best in the world. So at all, it's just it's fact. Um, yeah, like I said, we've been married 23 years, and uh, she is she makes me better. So uh, my wife, Erica, my oldest, Michaela, is not with us because she's actually in college down in Florida. She said uh, her and her roommate are watching online, so hi, Michaela. Uh, good to see you. Um, uh, she is down at a Bible school called uh, Southeastern in Lakeland, Florida, so, and she's loving it, wrestling alligators down in Florida. Um, uh, she's getting good at that. Um, she's down there, and then my, my middle is Ellie. It's her favorite part. I was going to have her come up and do a little tap dance for you, but... Uh, uh, she's a senior in high school, uh, 24, let's hear it. Yeah, come on, class of 2024. Uh, she's uh, loving life in high school and, and senior year. <laughs> she loves school. Um, and then my, my son, Tyler, he's a six-foot eighth grader. So a lot of people, when you meet him, you go, he must be in high school. He's in junior high, but he just had like, that growth spurt. So um, that's my family. I'm pretty proud of him. I love my family. Uh, um, Priority-wise, God and family, and it's something that's very important to me, and that's what we fight to, to maintain um, as we go forward. Um, uh, that, that's my family. Uh, we grew up, as I said last week, I grew up in Ferndale, and um, this is kind of my hometown. Kind of, I've been, been gone for, oh, 20 years? It's been something like that, uh, but the opportunity to come back, back excites me. I graduated Ferndale High School in 96. Any 90s, class of 96 folks out there? Might be, there's a couple, all right, Re reunite. Um, we're young, by the way. I'm just, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Uh, class 96, it's good to be back. I grew up in a, uh, in a Christian home uh, where we went to church, whether we liked it or not. 
I, I don't know, parents, you may understand. And, and we grew up in the era where at church you had morning church and night church. Anybody remember that? And that if the church, we would go. And often kicking and screaming, like, no, I want to sleep, or there's, a, there's something on TV, or we would go. And I remember as a kid being so angry, like, Dad, give us a break, just one Sunday off. My dad was like, no, we're going to go, the doors are open. And as a kid, I was angry, but as an adult, I'm so thankful that my dad instilled on me that importance that we're going to be there. Um, and it wasn't for a tradition thing, it, it's to teach us that Jesus is the most important. It's a priority thing. And I thank my dad. He is, uh, even to this day, uh, my hero um, in the faith, uh, how he hears from Jesus. And, and I'm so thankful for that. But it was one of the, when I was in junior high in, in church, it was one of these, that, these days that, that you don't plan for that changes your life, that you remember for always. I was in junior high, and, and I was running down the hall of church. And if you don't know anything, back when I was a kid, there's uh, the unpardonable sin, and then there's running. It's like running in church is right you don't run in church, God will strike you dead right there. Um, and I got in trouble so often for that. Um, but I remember running through the halls of church as a junior hire, and, and one of the elders, uh, uh, his name was Ernie Bilner. Um, and some of you know him, uh, knew him very well. Uh, I knew him as a junior hire as the donut man, because back in, when I was younger, he owned the Ferndale Bakery. Um, and I'm telling you, he made the best maple bars on, the, on planet Earth. Uh, I, I, I've never found its equal in all my life. I've searched. I've searched. And one time, he actually let me back in the kitchen to frost my own maple bar. Oh. So I knew Ernie as, this, uh, as uh, the donut man. And, and he stopped me in, in the hallway. And I knew in that moment, I'm busted. I am in trouble. He's, he's going to tell my parents. And I, it's over. It's just, it's all over. As a junior high, I was like, ah, I'm done. And he, he, uh, he grabbed my shoulder. And he took his finger and looked at me. And he didn't get me in trouble. He looked me in the eyes and said, son, someday you're going to be a great pastor. And I was in junior high, and my immediate thought was, I'm not in trouble? Awesome, I'm out, and I took off running. But you ever have those moments where, where somebody says something, or you have that experience, and it never leaves your heart? And I say heart, not mind. Because what he said in that moment was not just Ernie uh, 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 investing in the next generation. It was Ernie Bilner hearing from Jesus and speaking prophetically into my life. I'm just pause right there. Church, you never know what your words and actions will be seen as by this next generation. Speak into this generation. Allow God to use you. I, I want to be part of a church that believes in the next generation and hands that baton. Ernie took that time and spoke into my life, and I've never forgotten through all my, my journey in, in life, those words, I could take you to the exact place in that church. The, the, I could see his face so clearly when he said those words to me. This was, I, I knew something was different and it's hung on to me in times when I've wanted to quit. Like, God, you, you, you used him to say that. And, and through my, my high school career, I'd like to say that I was the perfect model Christian student. Not even close. <laughs> in, my, uh, in my senior year, I began to... Uh, to just wander and do my own thing. We've all been there. Do things I'm not proud of. Uh, things that, you know, maybe a, a story for another day, but I wasn't living the way I was supposed to. But, but I was excelling at high school in um, architectural drawing. I loved it. And, and that was back used to draw buildings. <laughs> Starting to be used, so maybe we are old. And he's like, I, uh, it, it, I was, uh, I loved it. I 
and, and I had a great teacher. And I'll sign up my senior year to go to Arizona to an architectural school to, go, uh, to be an architect. I loved it. And we went to some services at Everson um, and, and Nooksack area. And, and we, the, the speaker was speaking, and, and it wasn't one of those moments where, you know, you have those moments where God is moving and you, you tears and, oh, yes, God, I'm in. And it was just me and Jesus in a seat. And Jesus said these words to me. He said, I, I would bless you if you go be an architect. But that's not what I called you to do. True joy is found following me. And so in, in my senior year, I went and um, I started, a, I enrolled in a Bible school. And, and I said, Jesus, I'm in. You can have all of me for what it's worth, the brokenness that I am and what I bring to the table. Jesus, I'm in. And, and uh, I went to Bible school and went for a year, realized how much debt I'd be in, moved back home and did community college. Um, and uh, long story short, I got my Bible degree. We were, um, and, and I'll, I'll make this, this part short, but uh, we were, my wife and I were youth pastors and junior high pastors up in Linden. And that's where she's from, by the way. And go Ferndo. Um, <laughs> I won't bring up last week's game. I just won't even go there. Uh, we, uh, we were youth pastors and uh, junior high pastors, college pastors, youth pastors. We did so much in that church. We were there for seven years. And then we got the call to move to Eastern Washington to be uh, youth pastors over at a church in Eastern Washington. That's where I became a Kook fan. Go Kooks. Come Apple Cup time. I know we're going to have some discussion. Uh, but we were there for seven years, and then after seven years of being a youth pastor there, God called us to uh, plant a church in Spokane across the city. The church sent us out for five years. We went into the—and when we planted a church, we said, we don't just want to go plant a church. Give us the hardest area in the city. We're going to go move into it. We sold our home, moved into that community, and began, to, began church in our living room. And, you know, we eventually had a storefront, and we bought a building and, and all of that. We did that for, for five years, and then God began to shift. And life does that sometimes, doesn't it? Just shifts. And I went back on staff to the church that sent us for, and I was there for two years um, doing connections. And then I got a call from a pastor down in Everett, um, and, we, and uh, that's where I've been most recently, four years as the executive pastor of church ministries was my title. But um, all I meant was I oversee a lot of stuff in the church. I kept really, really busy and had a lot of meetings. And I was down there for the last four years. This summer, um, early in the summer, I just felt God saying the chapter was going to change. And if you follow Jesus, or you know in life, there's just times, chapters. Life is chapters, isn't it? The chapter was going to change, so we stepped down and, and, and said, I'm going to take this summer and just seek God for what's next. God, I'm excited for what you have. I don't know what that is. <laughs> and all summer long, I'm like, God, just show me. Yeah, just put it down on paper. It'd be great. Speak to me in an audible voice. I'd love it. And I just every morning got up and just sought God and said, God, what do you have? And, and I believe he dropped in my heart something that I want to share with you. Before I even knew that this door would open, if you should say, this is the pastor that we want in our church, this is where my heart will be. And if I want you to catch anything, this is, this is it. It's Jesus, this is what I feel you're calling me to be. This is where I want, want to go. At the beginning of summer, as I was taking this mini sabbatical, I began to read through the book of Acts. And I, as and I've read it a hundred times, and maybe you all have, Acts 2, um, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 42. I think uh, Dallas spoke on it recently, um, this, this, this but as I read it, God stopped me, and I just started praying, and God laid four things in my heart. He says, Adam, where I send you, I'll let you know when it's time, 
but major in these four things. This is my heart as a, as a follower of Jesus, first and foremost. It's my heart as, as a pastor. And if you say, hey, Adam, we'd, we'd love for you to, to join us. This is where, what we're going to major in. Let me read this to you. Because maybe, I'm sure maybe if you've been in church any length of time, you've, you've read this. But as I stop and really think about it, there's some things here that I'm like, this, this is where we need to, all these other things are distractions. This is where we need to live. Let me read it, let me read it to you. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. How many of you have read that before? <laughs> if you've read the Bible through or have been in church for any length of time, you've read that. And, and I, I studied that. I took a class in the book of Acts. I wrote papers on that. But earlier this summer, as, as I was just one of my habits in my life is I'll, I'll read the scriptures and then I'll just begin to journal what God's speaking to me in, in my, my prayer journal and my study journal. And as I wrote that down, these are the four things that I see jump off the page. There's a lot of things in there. Because like, when you read that, you're like, that's, that's the kind of church I want to be part of. That's the kind of group. You count me in. We're not perfect. So we, we as humans, we fall short. But I'm like, God, if we're going to set a target, wouldn't that be a good target to set? If you're going to hit a bullseye and aim at it, let's go high. <laughs> let's aim to, to what the early church did. And, and these are four things that I want to pull out. These are four things that, that I major in in my life. That, that if you should say, Adam, we want you and your family to join family in this community. I'd say, this is what we're going to major in. These are the four things that I'll measure everything. God, how are we doing in these areas? And they're not four because every good sermon has a four points or three points. There are just four things that I said, Jesus, what are you saying? Four things, and, and, and I'll just kind of break these down real briefly in our time. And number one is this. It's worship. If we're going to major in something, we're going to major in worship. And what we just read in verse 43, it says this, a deep sense of awe came over all of them. When I'm talking about worship, I, 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 I do mean up here and God, you did an awesome job. Like, killed it. Yeah, passing, the passing the baton to the next generation, leading, yes. I am talking about worshiping together, but I'm talking about so much more than just singing on a Sunday. Worship is this deep sense of awe of who God is. When I preach and I teach and I live my life, I want my life to be marked with that awe of God, thank you. Did you know Jesus died for you? And he rose again and defeated death, hell, and the grave for you. Like, wow, I'm not worthy. <laughs> but Jesus, you love me. Worship is this sense of awe of who God is. Awe in our everyday. I want every message I preach, every encounter to point to Jesus as I, I, I preach for a response, not that we have people crying at the altars and, and all that. I preach because we can walk away going, God, you're good. I know you a little bit more today. 
worship. Worship is several things. It's, it's turning your focus and attention to Jesus where it belongs. It's resetting your priorities. Because I know all week long and in life, priorities start to do this. They, you have this one voice screaming, and so it's got to be a priority. We need to no- prioritize this awe of who God is. God, you're first in my life. And watch, when we put him first, everything else falls into line, falls into place. It doesn't mean it's perfect, right? We all know that. Life is full of left-hand left curves and curveballs. But Jesus first. W- worship, is, worship is communicating with Jesus. I, I, I will tell you this unashamedly, as, as a pastor, if you should say, Adam, we're in, prayer will be a priority. I want to see God transform this city heart. I grew up here. We won't transform a city without prayer. None of us are that powerful. But we will bathe this in prayer. And it's just stuff that, that I know you're already doing. But we will be a church that is known as a church that prayers. We'll be a church that surrenders and says, Jesus, what do you want? Well, I got a lot of plans and ideas and vision and excitement, but God, what you want is first and foremost. I will stand in awe of you so I can hear from you of where you want us to go. Worship is worship is in allowing the Holy Spirit to move within our hearts. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit. He has gifted us and empowered us individually, and I believe every single person in this room, God has a plan for your life. I don't care how old or how young you are. And God has gifted you and empowered you to go out into your world and to share that with others. To be hope to a world. I believe that society and in a world that is and broken, and the only way to reach him is through the power of the Holy Spirit moving through his people, pointing to Jesus and his work on the cross. His resurrection. I believe we live in a world that is dying to see Jesus move in ways we only read about in Scripture. Holy Spirit, what do you want? God, here we are. Use me. That's what I mean when I say worship. That's what I mean when I say stand in awe. Have every part of my life be marked by you. And that's a daily process, by the way. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm nowhere near that, Adam. What are you talking about? I, I, I know. But it's every day taking a step. God has not called us to perfection, but to progress. Every day I'm coming more like Jesus. Every day I'm taking another step. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, I step back, you know, you know. I, 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 but I'm going to get back up and keep going. I will preach and teach the awe of our Savior. What we read in, in Acts 2 and something we'll major in is, is worship. Something we'll major in and we read in Acts 2 is, is, is the word, it's called devotion. Uh, verse 42 says they devoted themselves to the disciples' teaching. Another way to say this is discipleship, is growth. It, it, one thing I want my life to be marked with, and I will, um, as, as, as your pastor, I will go this way. We're going to fall in love with this thing right here, the word of God. We will devote ourselves to God, your word, your word first and foremost. I will read, I will study. I will challenge to memorize, to write down, to speak, to put on the walls of your houses scripture verses. Because I believe this changes lives. It's, it, it, it's not just a book, it's Jesus' words, and that's what's changing our lives, right? The words of Jesus Christ change lives. And I want that to be in me. Verses that, that come up in your mind in difficult times you didn't even know you had memorized because we're in God's word. 
I want to be a church that's devoted to this, to discipleship, to raising people up. I read statistics. As I read as, as a pastor, I read a lot of these church statistics, and it just breaks my heart anytime somebody says the, 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 the church in America is biblically illiterate. And it's not pointing any fingers at anybody. It's just saying, God, I think we can do better. I think I can do better than I've ever done. Would you put in us a new love and for your word, for what it is you're calling us to, to study? I want to be a church that is scripture focused. And my message is, and one of the ways that I preach is, is I'm, I'm, and I'll unashamedly say this, I'm more like an exegetical speaker, if you want to use uh, fancy terms, than a topical speaker. Um, I love preaching through um, scripture portions, books of the Bible, because here's what's so cool about it. I don't got to bring up the topic, the hard stuff we need to talk about. The Bible does. I'm like, hey, it's the word of God. Don't get angry at me. But I, I will also be a church, I'll be a pastor that doesn't shy away from talking about the hard stuff. The stuff that people don't want to talk about in the, in, in, in the streets or in their workplaces. We cannot shrink back from what Jesus is calling us to talk about and ways he's calling us to live. But I don't got to make that up. He's written it for us. That's so freeing. That's why I, I love exegetical messages. Because I'm like, this is what Jesus says. And I will not, God, we will be a church that's devoted to that. But I want to do it together. I want to be a church that grows together. I love um, this together time. I, I, I love to do classes and, and teaching scripturally based um, about parenting and marriage and, and ways to strengthen family. I love to see students in the word of God. I, I, I want to see a, a youth ministry and kids ministry that's just bathed in, in, in this where kids are memorizing. They, they, they go home and they know more scriptures than their parents. Ah, man, that would be great. That's where we want to be. Devotion. We need to do this. We need to do it together. And I will unashamedly challenge you. This is where we want to go. I will unashamedly be with the word of God. Sometimes that hurts. Sometimes the word of God just hits you and you're like, I, but I don't want to deal with that skeleton in my closet. I don't want to open that closet. No one's perfect. We're all broken. But we've got to be willing to say, Jesus, if, if you're saying it, I don't want to read into Scripture. I want Scripture to read into me. I don't want to tell the Bible what to say. I need the Bible to tell me what to say. When I say devotion, when I say discipleship, that's what I mean. And that's what I see in Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves, daily gathering, talking about the word of God and teaching. We're going to major in worship. We're going to major in uh, devotion and discipleship. We're going to major in another one that's very prevalent here. It's um, community. We're going to major in community. It's something I'll talk about a lot because as I talked about two weeks ago, if you didn't see it, you can go back and watch it if you want. We need each other. You were not meant to do life alone. And so much we've seen in our society go into your own world. And, and we saw things around COVID, and I, I know true stuff happened, but, but it caused people to go into their closets and not come out. I'm going to my own little world. I know we have online, and we'll continue that. I love that. Open the door for it. But we need each other. If you look at it, verse 44, it says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. I love that picture. Again, when you read that, you're like, 
I'm in. That's what I want to be part of, that I know I'm not alone. We talked about foxhole buddies two weeks ago, that you got somebody who's got your back. That's what's so important about small groups. That's what I love about the breaking bread groups. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want to be part of a group, because when I'm struggling, that's when I need people to lift me up. I, I've, I've led in different churches at small groups, and, and um, that's been something that I, I got to oversee in several different churches I've been part of. My favorite thing in the world is watching small groups turn into family and watching them grow. We grow better in circles than we do in rows. And we're going to meet together. We're going to gather and hit teaching, but it's those small groups where, where real discipleship happens, <laughs> where we're talking about the Word of God. I, I see in small groups these families happening and, and, and this, this support. I, I watched one group once that they were forming a family and one of the, uh, the members in that small group, their, uh, their mom was passing away and, and didn't have much longer to live and lived on the East Coast and they had no money. They couldn't fly over there and, and just broken. And you know what the, the group did? They all pitched in and bought an air, air, airfare to send them over to say goodbye to mom. Like, it's such a simple thing, but that's the community that we need to be. We need to be these small groups as, as, as we grow, as all healthy things do. We need to get smaller. Be in these small groups. We need to be together. I just can't stress that enough. That's so vital that you watch in, 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 in this community being formed in Acts chapter two. There's a community like we've never seen before. And not only will we be small groups and, and be in these communities, but we'll be welcoming. One danger about just doing all small groups is we have this us for no more mentality sometimes. This is my group and I want no one else here. Like that's important. We got to have that. But what I love about this church and what I've seen in the few times that we've walked through the doors is just welcoming open arms. Come into my family. Join us. That excitement, that invitation. That's what a world needs to see. A world who's been alone and they need to be in community. They need to see communities with open arms. You're welcome here. This is a place I, yeah, you're broken. Yeah, we, 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 we smell, we don't sing right. We, we don't got it together. You guys sing great, by the way. It's me I'm talking about. <laughs> but come join us. We're just broken people in this family. Community is so, so important. And welcoming those because I don't know if you remember what it's like to walk into a church for the first time. It's hard. You immediately feel judged. These are all church people that probably, and we know, like, we're near perfect. But I want to be a church that welcomes people into community. Come join our community. We got room. And that's what you see, because every day God was adding to their number, yet they kept that community. It's just simple things that, that, that if you say, Adam, you're, we, we, we'd love you to come join us. This is what we're going to major in. This is what we're going to measure things by. Worship, devotion, community. And the last one, and I love this one, it's generosity. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a, a husband, father, a, a teacher who, who's all about generosity. What we read in there, it says, and they sold all their property and shared the money with those in need. So what we're going to do is have you all sell your property. We're going to buy some, some property up in the hills, start a commune, come join me, wear the same t-shirts, drink Kool-Aid together. No, no. Sorry, you're going to get mad at me already. Hey. It's not talking about communism here. It's simply saying, when I see a need, I want to do what I can to fill that need. 
I want that to be the, a church that I'm part of. That we look into our community and say, there's a need. Hey, church, let's go. I want the community to look at, at CTK Ferndale and say, that's a church who cares. Let's call them first. Not, not that we're any better than any other church. I, I know a pastor really well who's down the street. Um, we'll fight later. But together, it's a together thing that I want to be generous in all that we do. Generous in how we live and how we give. And it's not just money, it's time. I want to look at our community and say, what are you doing? How can we be involved? Because God didn't fill us with the Spirit and call us to shine brightly within these walls. If all we do is in these walls, we've missed the boat. We got to be out in our communities, our families, our workplaces, our schools. You have the hope of Jesus within you. Do not keep that. Share. Be generous with our time, with our money, with, with what we have. That is the Great Commission. We will be generous, and I just wrote down four things. We'll be generous in our small groups. I already talked about that. We'll, be we'll, we'll serve each other. We'll pray for each other, support each other, cry with each other, celebrate, visit. We will be generous in our small groups. We'll be generous in our city and in our community. Giving of our time. How do we get involved? I don't know what takes time. Eh? I'm, I'm, I've been gone for 20 years. Who's this Adam guy in community? I just You show up. Here I am. What, what do you got? How can we serve? Living generously in our community. And we'll be generous in our nation and in our world. I am unashamedly a pastor with a heart for missions. I want to be part of what God's doing around the world. Because though I love my nation, God sees the world. And you, America is not God's favorite country. <laughs> he loves the world and broken people everywhere. I want to be generous in how we do this, and specifically in these areas that we're, we're going to pray what God is doing around our world, in our nation, in our community, and around the world. All you got to do is turn on the news to see another major catastrophe, something going on. We'll give, yeah, but we're going to pray. God, this world needs you. And until every single person on this planet hears the hope of Jesus Christ, we're going to keep praying. We're going to be involved in what God's doing around the world. We're going to give. I want to be a church, and I know we already do. You already do. So I'll, again, all this stuff, we're doing parts of this. We're doing some of this already. We're going we're gonna to give and support missions and, and missionaries and, and different organizations because I want to be part of what God's doing globally. And, and, and by, by praying and giving, I'm a partner now. We're going to pray. We're going to give. We're going we're gonna to go. We're going to go to overseas. It, many of you just got back from Mexico. I love that. I think every believer should at one point go on some kind of trip like that. It will change your life. More of that needs to happen. We need to get out and we need to go. But, but, but also, well, I want to be a, a church that sends. I want to be a church that, that, that says, what are your gifts and calling? Where? And we're going to send you. I believe with all of my heart that, that, that there are people in this room and will join this group who we are called to send to another nation. Say, we're behind you. Let's go share the gospel. And we will do so with open arms because it just broadens our reach. I never want to be a church that's inward. It's all about us and our programs and our building. I want to be outward. God, what are you doing? Because I believe with all of my heart that God blesses the church in direct correlation to how generous they are with what God is doing around the world. 
I believe it. We want to be part of that. To, to pray, give, go, send. I believe this is possible. It takes time. It is why so many, so many times, and I'm guilty of myself, we, we, we kind of get our priorities mixed up and, and we end up over here. We need to look back to what God has called the church to do, what God's called the church to be, and be part of it. Do something today. I know in a church like this, God's done amazing things, and, and there's, this stuff's going on. This stuff's going on now. And, and, I, and I won't be a pastor who comes in and let's bulldoze everything and let's start over. Because I love and respect your former pastor, Pastor Rich. Amazing man of God. I met him a couple times. I had a phone conversation with him. Listen, we're not tearing that down. We're just standing on the shoulders of what God's already done. Thank God we're going to keep going. We're not going to shrink back. We're not going to go backwards. We're not going to tear down and rebuild. We're just going to keep going. I'll tell you this, and I'll, and I'll pray and be done, and we'll, we'll end in the song. None of what I said here is like earth shattering. No one's thought of this before. That's what I wanted when I asked God. I'm like, give me something that I can write a book, God. And he said, no. It's all about two things. Love God and love people. And if you look at these areas, worship and devotion, love God. I will challenge you to that. And I will do my best to live that in my life and my family and love people, community and generosity. Love God, love people. And the more that I said, God, give me something big and, 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 and awesome that we can make this big banner, and he just said, just love God, love me and love people. Can you just get back to that? And, and that's, that's my heart. Oversimplistic, maybe, but I believe it's possible. And, and if we should get the opportunity, and, and you would say, say you're in, we would be honored and excited to be part of this family. This is what we're going to major in. Not going to be ashamed of it. If it doesn't line up with that, maybe we shouldn't be doing it. This is because I believe our world needs to hear the truth of Jesus Christ. Who don't know Jesus who are far from Jesus. I want to pray with you. It opens their heart to receive people who need this hope, whose lives are maybe there's people in this room right now you don't even know why you're here. We are not a perfect people, but I know a really good God who died for you. And I know I just said a whole bunch of stuff, but if you don't know Jesus, you don't have that hope, look at me right now. Jesus loves you and he died for you. And he's got hope and peace that you've maybe never experienced. I want to pray for you. I want to see God do great things. I want to see us fill this room two, three times over. I, it's not about size, it's about people coming to know Jesus. That's what excites me. I want to pray for you if you don't know him. It's as simple as saying, Jesus, I surrender. I'm not perfect. I've fallen. I've fallen short. But I confess you are Lord. I want to see people's lives transformed 
by the power of Jesus Christ. And that's what we'll live for. I have to invite the worship team to come back up. I'm going to pray. We're going to end in a song, and, and then I'll hand it back to you, Heather. But one last time, I'll say it. Thank you for loving our family in the times that we've been here. Thank you for allowing us this opportunity. I know I don't have vote for Adam badges, but we would be honored if you did so. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to sing. Lord, regardless of what you do tomorrow, I pray that today we would live these words. Help us to be those who stand in awe of you, who worship you, not just on Sundays, day of our lives. New awe for who you are. God, I pray that we would have a new, new love and devotion to your word, to teaching, to growth, that we become more like you. From young to old in this building, these kids and these amazing kids in, in, in these rooms over here and those workers that just poured into these kids. God, pour your spirit and your blessing out on them. But God, as these kids learn your words, your truth, may they hide it in their heart that may not sin against you. May we be a people who love your word. God, may we be a people who, who love community, who love people, be generous with that have people of generosity with what you're doing around the world, here in Ferndale, in Whatcom County, in our state, in our nation, in the world, because God, you are just that big. Help us to be part of it. And God, I pray as, as, as I'm wrapping up, God, for anybody here who does not yet know you, family members who do not yet know you, for those who may be watching online who are just struggling, Jesus, we look to you. God, if anybody is there, they'd pray with me. God, I confess I've fallen short. I've sinned. But Jesus, I take the act of what you did on the cross for me on my behalf, that you would forgive me, that you'd raise me to new life as I look to you, as you defeated death, hell, and the grave. And that today would be a new day for me. Today would be a new day for anyone here, for family members we've been praying for and will continue to pray for. God, we want to see you do great things. Jesus, it's all about you. I pray you bless this church, regardless of what tomorrow brings, that the focus and attention would be entirely and utterly on you. Help us to love you and love people. In Jesus' name, amen.